Hell yeah! Welcome to Football Under the Refords. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski, joined as always by producer, co-host Zach Lines, and uh, Mike Miracles, and uh, Keith is at Disney on Ice. Join us again. Ever since again. he's joined that gang. Yeah, I mean, the Disney on Ice gang is rough scene. Like, they're they're a brutal gang, Oh, but just... they're really into, like, Disney on Ice. <laughs> well, the, well they're, they're street rats. You know, like in Aladdin. Yeah. It's an Aladdin reference to the Disney on Ice I, reference. I really, I really like that. I was going to go with Tunnel Snakes off the game Fallout 4, but I think maybe eight people listening to this podcast out of the nine people who listen. Thank you to the nine people who tune into yeah. our podcast every week. Thanks, we really Mom. That. Thanks, Mom. Uh, to be honest, I just had dinner with your mom. Yeah. And uh, that she, she that has sound right at uh, all. Right? What do you mean? Right. You, like you just, you're just well, having yeah. dinner with his mother. Well, I was at dinner with your mom. Right. Okay. And your That's, mom was that, there. That sounded better. Yeah. Right. And uh, she, she said she hasn't listened to the podcast in a, in a couple episodes because it got a little depressing for her. I think we ran her off with the fuck words. Yeah. She was mm. she she was uh, a little or, scared for her baby boy's ooh, mental health. Maybe she's a Mariota person. Ooh, but you know, I, I I gotta I gotta <laughs> call mom out a little bit. The podcast is called Football and Other F words. It's not the cuss we words. We do kind of yeah, let you know at the yeah. beginning that it's it's not the fuck bombs. It's it's it was just she was a little scared that one of us was gonna kill ourselves live on the radio. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I think there was a lot of dark, uh, dark subject matter to yeah. work with there. Welcome to football and other efforts. We've had it. Mike is leaving tonight. We're, we're <laughs> all we're all drinking punch. <laughs> Welcome to Jonestown. Is this how Jonestown went down? Like he started a podcast and it got out of hand. I mean, it, yeah. what it happened in uh, in Waco, right? So like, I mean, Baylor no, that, Waco's a different thing. Oh no, no Jonestown okay. is the uh, asshole that's that went right, down that's right, to that's that right. weird country next to like Venezuela. Gazaba or some crap like that in South America. That's not really racist. I don't, but I don't know if Gazaba's right. Under the Denver, Denver International Airport? Starts with, yeah, under the Denver International Airport is where this place is. Where the Titans' uh, offensive coordinators all gather and the, <laughs> and the offensive linemen, the wide receivers, that's where they gathered to come up with their conspiracy theory to uh, destroy Marcus. Let's that's start, right. Why don't we start there? <laughs> all right. No, because we're not going to talk about Marcus. Let's no, just talk about right, the, right. We're not going to talk about Marcus, but we may refer to Hang the... Hang on, I have a special guest buck is calling in uh oh buck is Uh-oh. calling in hello buck he is on the phone with buck so <laughs> the door's open so we're, oh in. my god <laughs> i told y'all he's too polite just get come on in we are and I, and literally I'm, anybody could walk in right now and shoot us up because we have our doors shut we've already there, there are people yeah. that may want to do that we've we've started the podcast with a jonestown reference we've apologized for cursing Buck walks in, and now I'm going to say that we are not going to talk about Mariota. We're going to refer to him as the former starting quarterback, <laughs> and that is as far as we're going to take it. Yeah. But I do want to get into the more ridiculous stuff that we've had to deal with on Twitter, and I say we because the gentleman to my left, Mr. Buck Rising, if his microphone is turned on. Hello, friends. Has, has <laughs> definitely taken the brunt of some of the stupidest shit I have heard. I have, I have seen some fun things in your mentions. But, uh, I need to behave. I actually <laughs> just did a podcast uh, at my studio with Paul Kaharski and John Glennon that will be out after I finish with you all. And I have to admit, boys, I forgot until Mike said he was five minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit that here publicly. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, okay. I need that's to, okay. and, and Paul and John both said that I, I asked if I'm okay, uh, because I've been very annoying on Twitter lately, and I feel like... He's been feisty. I have been feisty. feisty. I, I, this is where I hate that my you know new job is like interfering with my usual daytime of spending hours upon hours on Twitter, because I have no button. clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> well, let me, let me start off with this one. Mike can help me out with this. Uh, someone responded to Mike today, or maybe it was Buck. I don't know, I'm losing track because they're so all over the place. It's a lot. That Art Smith is basically tanking. He tanked Mariota on purpose. Yeah, the, the tweet was basically, all of a sudden the receivers are catching passes, the, the routes look better, the offensive line is blocking, and uh, he's calling all the good plays for Tannehill. Arthur Smith is shady. That was the, Arthur Smith is shady <laughs> was repeated twice. Um, so basically it's a mass conspiracy theory 
that Arthur Smith, a guy who is a first-time coordinator and has his entire football career riding on the success of how he does this year, sabotaged the first six games because apparently he doesn't like Marcus Mariota. Well, so let's let's break down the Zabruder film. Okay, let's start with the grassy knoll. So another shooting joke, <laughs> right? This is, I, I started out with Lebowski. Are you okay? <laughs> I don't know. By the time we get halfway into this Twitter round, it, it, it could start to get a little ugly. But uh, transition. So Lawan got himself suspended as part of this, right? Because if we're gonna throw everything oh, on yeah. Art yeah. and this conspiracy theory to get to get Marcus thrown out, Art tainted the supply. Art tainted <laughs> the supply. Yeah. Luan got suspended, so it was a fake video of him crying. That, that was yep. all fake. That was all stupid. Well, no, and Luan didn't know. Art was yeah, the one that Art, was in Art, on it. Art want, can't tell Luan, That's or else point. the crying doesn't look authentic. But of course, and this also whole... not not uh, not fake tears, just super produced. There you go, <laughs> Hollywood acting. So lovely production. Which value. Arthur Smith's sister is in the movie business. It's all coming together. This all here. goes back to Denver International Airport. So, <laughs> anyways, I yeah. Those if you got to listen to our last podcast. Did you listen to our last podcast? Uh, I have. I I have not made it through the second part yet. I understand. It was very depressing. It was very very <laughs> long. Zach, Zach and I had like an Oprah moment I, on the last show. Boys, I try to catch every podcast. It is in my regular rotation. Thank you. We appreciate that. Of course, uh, I I love you guys. You are my uh, my Twitter family. I actually I don't love Zach. no uh so i i was it was very nice though i enjoyed uh part one i'm about i would say a quarter of the way through part two uh and it's it's interesting to hear your guys's perspective on all of this Uh, it's why i enjoy what you guys do so much because you are more than just fans of the team in fact paul and john and i uh on the podcast uh, six one five sessions. Write, review, and subscribe. Also in my regular rotation. His ass. <laughs> I, we were talking about how you guys are closer to us now than you are to them. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the unwanted. No, listen. I am starting to feel like the others are lost. I really am. Because I think I just had a basket of deplorables. Situation. <laughs> the moment I mentioned the other day on the podcast that my will to go and attend games as a fan has become broken. I, I I saw it a little bit in my mentions on Twitter that I realize I'm not a part of the hardcore Titans fan base. anymore. Even though I'm sitting in front of a microphone talking about this bullshit, <laughs> I'm starting to become the other. Well, I tell you what, we, I, I was, I wasn't going to the game, right? Because I had all this stuff that was supposed to happen on Sunday. Sure. And then we're me and Lauren are going to brunch. It doesn't happen. And where we went to brunch is just right next to the Jefferson Street Bridge. And the weather was just, the sun was shining in my face, and we had the windows down. <laughs> and, like, it was just so nice. I looked at Lawrence and said, I'm going to go to that fucking game. And and I went, and I met up with uh, Mike and his wife and the uh, the brother-in-law. And uh, we had a damn good time at the game, and it was yeah. it was a really exciting game to go to. It was good. I mean, it was the ideal Titans experience. Could have been the White Claw, but I'd say it was a fun game. I saw the double fisting <laughs> yeah. of the giant White Claw. The claws. giant White Claw. I wasn't drinking, and then well, I was drinking at the tailgate, and but then I, you were. And then I looked. <laughs> I went to go use the restroom, and I saw, it was like it was heaven shining down. All I saw was a clear glass case, and all I could see were giant white claws, and I was like a moth to the flame. I was Can't like, resist. I gotta get them. Can't resist. Yeah. Mike, do you drink white claw? I do, yeah. Buck, do you drink white claw? No, but that's okay. Yeah. I don't drink a lot of things. <laughs> the white claw, white claw friendly podcast. They're, I mean, to, they're fine. They're terrible. It's okay, bud. It's hard to talk. <laughs> I... <laughs> I've done a lot today. I'm sorry. See, this is it's my my Twitter my Twitter angst is bleeding through uh, to every other part of my job, and I'm sorry, Lebowski. I did not mean to lash out at you that way. It's okay. It's been a hard couple months. I understand. I uh, the white claws are fine. They're terrible burps. As a result, it's physically uncomfortable for me. Uh, the same way as when I drink beer, like I just don't like how like I feel legitimately bloated. Uh, and tequila gets me shit faced faster, and so I appreciate all of those things. The faster to the fun kind of guy. I'm well, I'm here for the party. I need I need dirty martinis to be more accessible. 
Like it's yeah. it's a lot of work to make a dirty martini, and I love dirty martinis, but like, and I'm sure they're gonna be they would be nasty in a can. But Oof. I need something. I can like, give me something. Oh. They would yeah. be nasty. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, dirty let's, martini. Let's, let's, out let's of a talk can. about anything. Else. <laughs> That's if that ever if anything ever sounded like an f words pod business venture, <laughs> it would be dirty martinis in a can. I don't know. Maybe we can make it work. <laughs> Do you wish you could have your pickle juice come right out of an aluminum can? <laughs> Dirty martinis. Uh, I mean, that, come on. That's exactly what it would taste like. No, I know, and it sounded perfect it in your sa- voice. Yeah, it's just wow. awful. What, what are we doing? I think I don't th- know. This Hi, boys. Is, it's good to be back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Very good. It's been a very long time since you've been on. I sat down, and it all felt nat- natural to me. Yeah. Right? This yeah. time, you're not breaking into someone's home. We're here invited. Well, and not in a garage. Yeah, garage. banished yeah. from sight. Right. Yeah. The the girl. We've graduated back to the uh, to the man cave. Yeah. Worked out a lot better. You guys yeah. have grown so much. Yeah. We've grown, uh, grown quite a bit. <laughs> we we grew in. We were so big that we had to have a garage, and then we regressed technically to come back into the, <laughs> the come back to where we it all started. So since we're not going to talk about depressing things and former starting quarterbacks, let's talk about nice things. Yeah. Let's talk about big big Jeff, dude. Big Jeff. Big Jeff. Big Jeff had me excited. After I sat on a podcast last week for an hour talking about how this offense, the team, other than the defense, I know he plays on defense, but the offense has just got me depressed. I don't want to go to games. There was a twinge as I was watching it on TV, like, son of a bitch. I really wish I'd been been there for Big Jeff. Big Jeff, like, lived up to the hype. You want a steaming hot take coming straight out of the uh, shoot? Can I I drop mine first? All right. Defensive rookie of the year, Jeff Simmons. It's going to happen. Okay. Damn, All I right. thought that was going to be Mike's big hot take. And, no, and I, was, I was hoping I was going to steal it. You, you, are, you are such a one-upper. I tried. Right? I tried to, I tried to steal it. It was, it was mine, more than a one-up. Like, you just upper deck hotter. So we didn't ask Oh, him. yours might be hotter. Mine might still be hotter. <laughs> Your Jeffrey Simmons is, hotter. is already the Titans' best defensive lineman. Oh, I that would. In, uh, that includes Jarrell Casey. Oh, sign. Yeah. sign. I think so. Jarrell at 30, you can see the physical wear, and that's yep. okay. And Jarrell still has moments where he'll beat a double team. It'll come out of the ground like some kind of mutant zombie uh, <laughs> clawing at a running back's feet, and it's very nice to see. Also, Jeff Simmons is better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was shocked that he got 21 snaps. I was shocked what he did with the 21 snaps, uh, and I was shocked that he was physically overpowering offensive linemen, uh, veteran offensive linemen, backups though they may be, with regularity. Jeff Simmons is a Bad motherfucker. He I mean, is. he's had what four NFL three, practices? Three, three practices, three live practice. Now, he, I mean, he's been working out like with Rabel and stuff, you know, and doing doing the side field kind of stuff. But there's a limit to what you can do when you're on the NFI list and all that. And I mean, he just got activated this week. He was he had a torn ACL eight months ago. Got three practices in at an NFL level and stepped in and dominated. I mean, dominated. That's ridiculous. I, I'm very excited to talk to Dave McGinnis about this tomorrow uh, when we go back to practice because Mac has been talking about this dude all week long. Yeah. And he just keeps saying, womb to tomb freak, womb to tomb freak. Mm-hmm. And it's Coach Mac says a lot of silly shit that makes you <laughs> giggle uh, with a West Texas attitude that is simply delightful. It is. But he, I, I, I know him to be a very sound evaluator of talent. And what I saw, what I saw from him, Mike, and you guys have been watching football longer than me because you're older than me. Oh, mm. old shaming. Mm. Age shaming. Wow. Yeah, right? I had to, had wow. to do it. Uh, but I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've yeah. never seen, I've never seen anything. I mean, I have, but it's in Dominican Sue. Yeah, I was right. about to say, I can't remember Sue's debut right off the top of my head if it's as dominating as what this was, but it's, it's a, he's a very, he's very Sue-esque. Yeah, he's, he's imposing. I mean, I mean, he just took these guys, these guys for the Chargers and lifted them up and threw them on their ass. And I mean, and none of them thought to punch him in the face like a Devontae Freeman did, <laughs> right. which ruined my fantasy weekend. But it, it, it is like no, I just don't even know how to explain it. The guy is so physically strong, and that knee cannot be... I mean, I'm sure the knee is structurally sound, otherwise they would not have him on the field, but he's still wearing the brace. 
there's a good chance that he doesn't have his full strength back in that leg right now. Like he might've been playing at like 80, 85% of what he normally will be once he's fully healthy. And we might not see fully healthy, complete Jeffrey Simmons this year. I mean, this might be him kind of working his way into game shape and things like that. Ah. But my God, if that is, if this is what he looks like, not in game shape and not fully a hundred percent with that knee, I, I I can't even fathom what he's going to do when he's ready. I have not been this upset to miss a like live in person viewing of a defensive player since Jamal. Yeah, I, I was I was actually upset after the game that I didn't go to the game and watch this in person. And it, let me ask this: I know it's almost rhetorical, but if he's not in the game, do the Titans make that goal line stop? Hundred percent. No. no, no, the Titans are two and five if they didn't. Play and let, let me say this. And not to get off track of Jeff Simmons, but I give the defense an overall like C plus. I thought it was very underwhelming besides Jeff Simmons and Jeff. They is, they're Jimmy lucky that Jeff was Jeff was in that play at that exact moment because that would have been an easy touchdown no, for they, the Chargers. They they were for sure. I was actually just rem- remarking right before they got down to that whole ridiculous goal line stand, which we'll get into in a minute. The Titans were they they were getting gashed. 15 20 yards at a clip they, they missed Jayon brown really bad yeah game wesley yeah. woodyard he made the play to save the day but he was not able to keep up with hunter henry and austin eckler and that's a lot of the backs and tight ends are a lot of what Jayon brown handles and you don't see the titans get dominated like that by those position groups anymore because of Jayon, and he needs to be healthy soon. so let me let me say this to kind of quantify the statement i'm about to make I have not seen a defense respond to Vrabel decides not to challenge the the, <clears throat> the, the, uh, the Tannehill. Yes, right. So past that, the Titans defense immediately starts getting gashed. I have not seen a Titans or I've not seen a defense personally in a while in the NFL, <clears throat> excuse me, that gives up that much yardage and then finds a way to pull it together for a goal line stand like that. There was a point during that whole ridiculous sequence at the end of the game that I was like, for the love of Christ, just let them score a touchdown so that we can we, have we were 35 too. seconds we, yeah. on the clock. We had this. that exact conversation. We were like, it's probably when they were reviewing Eckler, whether or not he scored, because they originally ruled that a touchdown. Me and Zach were looking at each other. We're like, it's probably better if they rule this a touchdown because, you know, they're just going to run more time off the clock and then probably score. And obviously that's, we were wrong and that's not how it plays out, but it goes to show like when the guy makes a, a effort play and tackles a guy at the one yard line on a long play, a lot of times people look at it and it's like, Oh, whatever. They're just going to score anyways, but sometimes they don't. That's why those effort plays do matter. And, um, you know, the, the Titans responding in that moment and, and making some really big plays and led by Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, he was the guy that, was spearheading the stop on Gordon on the first down and goal, the, or I guess the after the false start, Malcolm Butler defensive pass interference, do-si-do they did there. Yeah. Um, he was the one that made the first initial contact on Gordon on first and 10, uh, or first and goal. And then he was the guy that redirected Gordon on the uh, eventual fumble play. I mean, 100% the Titans don't win that game without him. But that's what I mean. It's like for a, for a squad that, like Zach was saying, was putting up a C-plus effort, it suddenly went to A-plus in the plays that they needed it right at the end. <clears throat> and to see Simmons the way he did. Again, I'm going to reiterate, it was pissed off I didn't go to the game after the fact. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, I was glad, I was had glad a that ticket. I got to see it. We had yeah. a ticket. No, don't, don't start that shit. <laughs> <laughs> don't show up to the game, it turns into the Bills game. He was a very big part of one of the most fun games I've watched. I would have to say it's, it, you said it was probably the best ending ever. I right? said, it, I said it is up there with the Eagles game. Line. Gotcha. Yeah. It was, it was one of the most exciting games, probably top five exciting game ever in Nissan stadium. Since I've been going consistently since 2008. It's in the stakes were relatively low which brings it down like a little bit like I felt like the Eagles was probably bigger last year because at the time the Titans were two and one and the Eagles were the defending Super Bowl champs and you know this was a matchup of two two and four teams but 
I mean, the the drama of going from we're definitely going to lose to oh my god, we just won. And then, and I, to, I don't know to the, the whole stadium like waiting happened. like five minutes for the referee to uh, determine what was going to happen on that particular play. The whole sequence with the refs was bizarre and terrible. Yeah. The botched. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. It was relieving to me because, boys, I'm telling you, I was in Denver two weeks ago and I hated them. Oh my god, <laughs> I hated them. That is not something <laughs> that I have been comfortable. You know, try to not let your emotions color the job. But I found myself physically revolted by the product that they put on the field, and defensively they were good, and also Joe Flacco was terrible. And all of those things can be so. But what they did to my football viewing experience two Sundays ago in Denver, I was actually angry about. And to see the kind of team that they can be when they get even, I mean, he was good. Tannehill was really, really good to his credit. But if they even get some semblance of competent quarterback play, Get the offense flowing through the players that were drafted and paid to come in here and produce. To have the defense that they do, even though the defense had one of its lesser days, still not giving up more than 20 points, which is really, really impressive through seven games. But I, the whole experience to me was refreshing. Like, I needed that. And I'm not somebody who's invested in this the way that you guys are invested in. From top to bottom, it was a fantastic performance. For God's sakes, you even had Brett Kern throwing and completing a pass. I had to change <laughs> my MVP. shorts. Yeah, the MVP punter. punter. My goodness, it. I. I don't know. I don't know where you guys were teetering, in terms of how this season has gone. Because I had Mike on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he said that he was miserable. <laughs> I was, I, I was completely I was. miserable. And I believe you guys. And that was before the Denver game. That I was think, before that godforsaken <laughs> Denver game. That Denver game really had me teetering Ugh. on, is this is this team just lost? And it, is this the right moment for this team to be lost? Because I'm thinking all the defensive players and all, all some key offensive players coming up for contracts, can this team handle not being somewhat successful? Like, it, it was. I was in a weird. I was in a weird place. Find out <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Whether they can handle success no, and that's, or not. That's yeah. that's kind of the key. The, <clears throat> the Denver Jesus game. I was asking like, you. Okay. Yeah. I'm <laughs> literally traveling. Tomorrow. <laughs> literally traveling tomorrow, and this happens every time I get ready to travel for work. I get a cold or something. And uh, literally three hours ago, I started running the whole thing. So it's fun. It's a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I but, get sick, I'm gonna punch you in the throat. <laughs> I'm ready for this. I'm ready to be throat punched. Um. So speaking of throat punches, after the Bills game, I was already demoralized. Yeah. And the the Broncos game was as as low as I could get as a throat punch. I I walked out of my house and went to the grocery store and started running errands and could absolutely give one single solitary fuck about anything. My brothers texted me, "Are you watching this like a Tannehill game?" Like, no, dude, I don't care. A submarine could surface and roll the length of the field right now, and I'd be like, "Ah, I, I just didn't care." So that was that was the biggest reason why I didn't want to go to the game last week. So this gave me a little bit of shot of adrenaline to keep watching this team. But I mean it. If they go back out next week and start shitting the bed again, I'm going to go right back to demoralize. I'm not going to play the seesaw all season. I'll watch. I'll continue to do this podcast. But I'm not going to get my hopes and dreams and all this kind of shit riled up anymore into a team that for the last 15 years has not done a lot to show me that it wants to change. It's a spouse that will not stop cheating on me, no matter how many times I ask it nicely and not nicely to do it. <laughs> they got dark. They got real dark. Yeah. <laughs> and we keep veering back into the we dark. We do. No. And you know what? <laughs> and, and, and let me say this. Lebowski has then. never been married. But he has a lot of issues with this mysterious wife of his. A lot of issues. A lot of issues. Y'all don't know that I don't have a wife in another state that I'm not allowed in. But Okay, look, positivity. What did I talk about the other day? Positivity. I'm going to breathe in. I'm going I'm to I'm chill out. Namaste. And we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to pivot to Tannehill. Yeah. So that's what a positive. nice, refreshing change under center to see a quarterback that, let's walk through it, stands in the pocket, throws the ball, 
feels pressure. Keeps his eyes downfield. Keeps his eyes downfield. Completes passes in. Are we all ready for this? Pressure. Wow. Yeah. It I, was uh, it was one of those things. The first like drive was was really kind of good. I mean, we yeah. didn't. It, it resulted in a field goal. Uh, we had a couple penalties go we our had way. To get a fourth down, fake yeah. punt to get. But there. but I mean, he was making plays, and yeah. I was like, and I that was first, watching him do it. The first throw to yeah. was spectacular. And this is how this team has me broke. I'm watching that, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this won't last. <laughs> They don't get my hopes up. You sad, sad sons of bitches. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I was just like, there's no way this lasts. And then it lasted a full fucking game. Like, that never happens. Oh, it listen, feels like it never happens. Towards the end of the game, when Rivers got his hands back on the ball and he started driving and gashing us, I, I felt like, uh, what's his face off of Breaking Bad? You can't keep getting away from it. I'm so tired of <laughs> Philip Rivers. And, and, and the way that he, he just is tormented us the time. Tormented us and the shit talking yeah. from him is the, so spectacular. How many I, I times, love it and hate it at the same time. How many times have Titans fans seen that little smirk on the sidelines yep. after he makes the you touchdown that breaks their back? You know back. what? We're not doing this. Positivity. Right. I started yeah. talking about Tannehill. We went down a whole different direction. But not today. Let's go, let's go back to Tannehill. Buck. Tannehill? Uh I fear that that might be the best that we see of him. Now Son that's of a bitch. What if we just talk about negativity? <laughs> Listen, Lebowski. Well, he never said we don't see that every game. No, I know. I know. Listen, it was the right move. He is a better player than Marcus Mariota is right now. We have seen as much. The offense looked so much better, so much less constipated. They were getting the ball to Corey Davis and to A.J. Brown, and there was velocity on the passes and the windows. I mean, to talk to Corey Davis about the windows that he was catching these balls in, he goes, I knew it was tight, but I went back and looked at it on the iPad, and I couldn't believe at how tight the window was. And he had two of them, one for a touchdown and the other, in the, uh, I think, previously, or previous to the touchdown in the middle of the field. He was spectacular and it was all made a function of an actual NFL quarterback not playing like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders I feel for Marcus Mariota truly I do Uh, but when it comes to these things they needed to do that it looked so much better Derrick Henry actually caught a pass the offensive line was not horrendous because there was not a quarterback holding onto the ball and they scored 23 points, which is all this damn team needs. Yep, that's Absolutely. what we've been saying. 23 points. Yep. It, this is not, not some kind Patrick of crazy Mahomes. mountain that they're summiting. It's 23 points. That's all you need with that kind of defense, and you're not going to be in a situation every damn week where it's on the goal line and it's Phillip Rivers for a 41-yard touchdown pass sure. and 37 seconds left on the clock, and you might have you might have to let them score just so you can get the damn ball back. 23 points is all it takes all for this takes. team to be successful. And I, I think Tannehill, the biggest difference to me in this game was he made some of the same mistakes that Mariota made, right? So, I mean, he took a couple sacks. Well, at least one of them he probably shouldn't have taken. Um, he he does, you know, at times misreads and stuff like that. I, I know on uh, the diving catch that Johnny Smith made in the red zone, which was a spectacular catch, and Johnny Smith played – Really, really well in this game, aside from one really bad missed block. But um, that, that on that play, he had Corey Davis wide open in the corner of the end zone. That would have been Davis's second touchdown of the game. Um, could have had him. You see Corey jump up and down in the end zone after uh, Smith makes a catch. He missed those reads. So he made some mistakes. He was not perfect by any means. But when he did throw the ball, he threw the ball with confidence and with conviction, and that makes all the difference in the world. The Titans have good receivers. I've been saying it all year. I, I, Corey Davis I thought was good last year. I think he's good this year. I think he's even better this year. Um, I think he showed what you can do when you get him the ball, even in contested situations. Some of those catches that Davis and Brown and, and Humphreys, too, uh, made in this game are fantastic NFL catches. I mean, contested you know, I know Coach Mack likes to call it, you know, combat catches. Those are the types of plays that those guys can make. They're big body receivers. If you give them the chance to make a play in a 50-50 situation, they're going to make it more often than not. And that's that's truly my belief. And I think we saw exactly Tannehill give them those, those chances. I mean, the I tweeted out the numbers um, as far as re- targeting receivers 
were Mariota versus Tannehill. And obviously, small sample size has been a game and a half of Tannehill so far. But I think it's a big enough gap that it's noticeable and a trend to at least keep an eye on. Mariota was targeting the receivers, any receiver. That, that's, you know, Corey Davis all the way down to Darius Jennings uh, on 52% of his pass attempts. He, Tannehill has targeted receivers on 71% of his pass attempts. That's a massive gap in the receivers. You know, I love Delaney Walker. think he's been one of the best Titans free agent pickups in the history of the franchise, but there's the, but, but Corey Davis and AJ Brown are the guys that this offense needs to run through. And is that, that's kind of the next question I want to ask. And I, I wanted to interrupt this to Buck. It's uh, my question is what's going on with Delaney, but is it that, the team needs to get the ball to Corey. The team needs to get Corey Davis. Look at what they're telling you by how much he's playing. Right. I know that he, he left uh, the game with an ankle injury and I know that he's been on and off the injury report with knees. I know that people want to kind of assign some form of unhappiness to him, but the unhappiness is a product of losing the frustrations are a product of how they were losing. It's, it's just who Delaney Walker is. It's not some kind of subliminal message. It is what it is. He's doing the exact same thing that all of us are doing, who are invested either as fans or as media in this godforsaken team. Uh, he's venting, and he's it's his right to do so at sure. 35 years old. Also, he's starting to slow down. That's okay. He still gets open when he's out on the field. He still has the ability to make plays. Delaney Walker is just being managed. It is a Kawhi Leonard situation. It is load management in the NBA, and that can be okay. He doesn't care. He's just happy when they win. It's not like that. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have stayed. I mean, San Francisco, obviously a different situation. That's where you get drafted. But he was a he was a happy participant in being a block. I mean, for God's sakes, he was 46. And then he went to the Titans and he got an opportunity. And he, when, when they weren't winning, Delaney Walker has often been vocal about things going on. That's what you look to him for. It's not any kind of frustration with Arthur Smith, although frustration with Arthur Smith has been warranted at times. I think, though, now we're finding out that's more about the quarterback. Again, all things being equal, looking at how much different it looks with a different player in there. So that's kind of one of the questions I want to ask of both you and Mike about Arthur. Not you, Zach. Shut the hell up. No, Zach, you just sit over there and run the board. <laughs> just um, over here. Yeah, just, you know, surf the internet. Do whatever you need to do. I'll, I'll call I'm on just you. doing some work. Call on you. I'll call on you. Um, but <laughs> one of the things that I feared with Art Smith and with, I know the I know the fan base does not pay play a huge part into Brable's opinion of Art Smith. <laughs> but one of the biggest, <laughs> I like that. Like that little noise he just made because this is the fan of me speaking. It's called you know? a lady giggle. Yeah, exactly. So, but one of the things that I that's bugged me with Art Smith is I think it's really hard to see if you are a dysfunctional offensive coordinator if your quarterback cannot complete a pass, even basic passes. So how bad does the offense start to break down, start to look like you don't know what you're doing calling plays? Does Tannehill performing in the offense like – <laughs> relieving itself, lack of a better word for the constipation that Buck brought up. I did 3HL on Friday and Brent Doherty called him a human enema. Yeah. And so, I mean, th that's got <laughs> to step back and make Art Smith feel a little bit better, right? Like, son of a bitch, I can, like, actually evaluate how my offense ran on tape now that I've got a quarterback that completed passes. I mean, I think there's still problems with the offense. A oh, little yeah, bit. like yeah. cadence yeah. seems to still be a problem. I have So I have no idea what's going on with Ben Jones and the quarterbacks and the offensive line right now, but there have been an unbelievably high number of either snaps the quarterbacks haven't been ready for or false starts or, you know, just plays that start strangely up front over the past three weeks, and it was not a problem back before Buffalo something between the Buffalo game and the or between the Falcons game and the Buffalo game has completely thrown them off up front and I have no idea what it was what it is I would love some sort of explanation on that but I'll regardless but regardless they're they're the, those issues aside there are spacing issues 
in some of the route combinations. I think he he had a really bad habit of third downs. They would run all their routes vertical past the sticks. And, you know, that's great and all. It's harder to convert. You know, a, a four-yard pass on third and 12 doesn't do you any good. But when you have receivers like A.J. Brown and like uh, Corey Davis, and even Adam Humphreys is a little bit shifty uh, after he catches the pass, you can throw short of the sticks. The, the, the defense is looking for you to run routes to the sticks. So they're, they're sitting there squatting on those routes. And a lot of times you're seeing these guys on third down run these vertical routes. One, it takes longer to develop. The, the defensive line already has their ears pinned back. They're coming after the quarterback. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of these sacks is, yeah, nobody is open uh, for one. Mariota's not going to throw it on a, you know, contested catch kind of thing and, and we did see Tannehill do that which makes a huge difference um and I think that's why that it's kind of a snowball effect it's contributed to the sacks it's not the sole reason none of these things are the sole reason but um I think there's still a little bit of that but we saw a little bit more with the slants and the crossing routes and things like that this week I think they're I don't know if that's a Tannehill's more comfortable with these types of plays move or if that's just Arthur Smith's evolution as a play caller trying to figure out what works for him what works for this offense and it's not perfect yet but he is a growing play caller maybe things do get ironed out as the season goes along and by the time they're playing in December hopefully they've won enough games by then to to be able to compete still but when you're playing those what four division games out of the last six hopefully by then you've got things worked out and you're able to get a little bit of momentum built. Right. Do things, when you watch them, Mike, do things seem congested at times in terms of route concept? Absolutely. Because a lot of, and, and I don't know why it stood out to me in particular in this game, probably because Tannehill hit two guys who I think he didn't mean to hit for big gains in that game. I know one to Ferkser, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, and another, I believe, to Janu, if I remember correctly. But I think... You know, you are going to grade on a curve. The problem is the the issues that you have as a growing and developing play caller are exposed more by bad quarterback play. Now, Tannehill can make up for some of it uh, in this regard, and it takes a little pressure off Arthur Smith. Because, uh, honestly, after Marcus Mariota got benched, I was so – I've been I've been angry lately. <laughs> we, all, we all have. Let it out. I've been a little angry. And I was a little angry with Arthur Smith, who I find to be totally, uh, totally easy to deal with in any other work situation. But after Mariota got benched, there was no acknowledgement that there had been anything that happened with Marcus Mariota. And excuse me, my alarm's going off. That's hugely obnoxious. Uh, I thought it was the doorbell. Uh, that's the that's no. The six, I try- That's a six o'clock dinner bell. I tried ringing the damn doorbell. You guys wouldn't hear it. Uh, I. It's an adventure when you come over. <laughs> it is. Answer. I got here. I was irritated with Arthur Smith because and and Mike, Mike Vrabel because there was no acknowledgement of what had happened to Marcus, at least. There was no reason given to us definitively what they saw that made them make the switch. Now, nobody was expecting for Arthur Smith to, to burn him down. Like, nobody was... Nobody was looking for that. But do not go when we ask you about if there has been a clear regression in his play from two years ago up until now. Tell me about his character again. <laughs> right. I don't care. But he's such a nice guy. Bro. I know. I got emotional on Twitter when they benched him. I'm telling you, it's been a very hard year for me. I don't know why. Maybe I need a all in a wine cooler and it'll get better. <laughs> These are things I'm dealing with. But that, to me, was particular, particularly irritating. And so I was getting louder about Arthur Smith. There was deserved criticism of Arthur Smith, and now you see him operating with a little more breathing room. Everything is going to flow more comfortably now that they don't have to make up for the deficiencies that they were obviously dealing with. The playbook opens up. The, the skill set of the players who we mentioned earlier Humphreys, Delaney, or Delaney when he's out there, Janu, who can now contribute in limited deals. Janu, we, we've good. talked about it for yeah. like the last two weeks, but he he impresses me more every week. He's a good yeah. player. 
Donu is averaging 14.6 yards per target right now. And obviously the, the big screen pass against Buffalo inflates that a little bit, but he is making the most of the opportunities when they throw him the ball. And it, he's another guy. So I think, uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, maybe, maybe it was Corey Curtis that had the, that he actually tore his ACL last year in December against Jacksonville because originally it was reported as an MCL. And then it was like, Oh, well, if it was just an MCL sprain, why is he still out? through OTAs and into training camp and all that. And I guess it eventually... He straight up told Emily Proud on Channel 2 that he tore his ACL. Okay, yeah. So, it, it was a torn ACL. But I've got to give a little bit of credit to the Titans training staff for getting Jonu Smith and Jeffrey Simmons ready to go incredibly quickly. I mean, both those guys look explosive and have been playing at a really high level immediately. I mean, what... December to John who played week one. So that's what nine months, uh, basically. So, I mean, we're talking about Jeffrey Simmons coming back in eight months. John who Smith deserves credit for coming back in nine months too, and, and contributing immediately. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very happy with John who Smith. Well, I, w- I want to ask Buck this before we, we start to wrap this up. I'm just here. Zach, <laughs> Zach, I'm gonna come to you in a minute. With I'll, a I'll, I'll see y'all next week. Zach, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to you with a in a minute with a question, and I'll cut you off. But um, so, but that's what I'm here for. So, what what's the attitude like in the press conference and the the press room in general now that the team has finally won and started to look a little competent at least in the past week? And I mean, oh, is Mike's it- still miserable, but that's because we know <laughs> he knows we're gonna drown him with that good to great thing he's got hanging around his neck the next time they screw up, and he should. Yeah. It's enough of this with this uh, with this. Uh, you cannot trust them and there has been no reason to trust them. He has to and they have to as a as an organization, give us a reason to trust them. And that has not something that, historically it's not it's not just the Mike Vrabel uh, era. If you want to qualify it as that. It's as a franchise, they live to disappoint in games against the 32nd ranked passing uh, defense like the Buccaneers. Well, and I'll say this as a fan. the it, It's cute when Belichick does his thing in press conferences when you've got six Super Bowl rings. It's not cute when your team looks like shit, the quarterback was playing like shit, the offense is in complete disarray, the only thing that's operating right is the punting position and the defense, and the coach is giving us mealy-mouthed, bullshit-ass answers to you. I, I promise you, it's it's not fun to listen to as a fan. Well, and bless you for, as a fan, listening to a press conference. My God, like I would Like every rather. one of them. It's sick. We, we literally watch every one of them and guys, talk about it's, it. That's the, that's the equivalent of self-mutilation. It is. <laughs> it's about like watching politics on C-SPAN. Like, oh, I'm into it. Give me another White Claw, honey. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I, because we got, we got a lot of, I think as a whole, we got a lot of noise back at us after Buffalo, I think that was in the Monday press conference because we kind of went at him a little more than we typically do because, I mean, there was no, it, it was enough of, you know, we're identifying the problem and then working to fix it. Well, at some point you have to fix one of the things that is the problem. <laughs> and that was, you know, that it's not that we're irritated. It's just, it's his job to be held accountable as it is his job to manage the team. He doesn't have to say much. In fact, Mike, if you could accuse him of anything, says too much, and a lot of it's bullshit, and then people get pissed because you read the quote and you're like, what the hell did you just say? Yeah. No. Yes. When way, way, too, way too much of that. Yes, and so when Paul asks him last week, and none of us were expecting the answer, when Paul asks him in your opening press conference, you talked about, not doing anything silly like running into eight and nine man boxes. How do you think you've done with that? And Mike says, well, I think we've done really good with that at adjusting at how to run into eight and nine man boxes. (laughs) And then he broke down how they were having to do it. It was very simple. It was very subtle. It was not giving away any kind of huge competitive advantage because anybody who's watching them with any kind of reasonable football intellect can see that they're not threatening people with the passing game. And so the box is becoming as loaded as it is on a regular basis. And Derrick Henry carries for 1.9 yards on average in fucking Denver. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) This is good. This is therapy. Uh, 
Uh, he just needs to be honest. He can be more concise. I, lo- I like that Mike is willing to have a little back and forth with us. But don't just talk for the sake of talking. Make it meaningful. Give people the answers that they expect. I know that people hate, or he hates, not, not speaking for him, but I know that he would hate to constantly be compared to Frank Reich, but Frank Reich does that. Deshaun Watson in his press conference, he wasn't giving any kind of huge competitive advantage away. It's simple NFL defense. People aren't idiots. Stop treating them as such. And I think he would do himself a lot of goodwill by just simply explaining what they have going on rather than trying to conceal everything the way that Bill Belichick does, who has, to your point, earned the right to conceal things because he wins everything. Right. Well, and that's why, look, I'll say this and then we'll we'll, we'll transition. But one of the questions that was asked and really got under my skin and we discussed it weeks ago was the whole, and I know he was saying it off the cuff, but I am... I am showing up every day to do my job to the detriment of my life. Uh, and I, I know he probably regretted it the second it came out of his mouth, but I promise you, I, along with these two other gentlemen today, or I'm, I'm just speaking for him. Zach's not allowed to speak anymore. It re- <laughs> that really got, I'm just, I'm, oh, I'm not supposed to be. That really Oops. got under my skin. <laughs> because with a, with a fan base that's already having problems showing up and filling up 75% of the stadium at, at any given time, I guarantee 30% of those fans are sitting in the stands and probably spent way more money than they should have to show up to that game. You think they enjoyed watching Buffalo cram it in their ass like that? I mean, yeah, I just It depends know. on what they're, uh, you know, what they're into. Well, all right, let me ask this. I'm going to go around the room real quick. <laughs> Bill's I mean, fans like dildos. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, uh, they, they do like to throw them on the field. Might be one of the most annoying fan bases. They didn't have the to throw them on the field during uh, and the game versus you, us because we were a bunch of penises out How do you there. think they got them in there? Right, let's, let's why did on. you have let's, to? Why did you have to put that thought in my head? Uh, could you just put it where your normal penis is at? This is a family podcast. I don't son. know. I'm just asking questions. I'm fascinated by the process. <laughs> no, F word stands for family. Not very disappointed right. in you, Mike. Sorry. So starting with you, Mike. We're, we're going to have to put the E on this one. I want you to give it to me in one sentence. What the hell do you have to see out of this team against the Bucks? I want to see more of the same that we saw from the offense against the Bucks. I, you know, I want them to come out. The Bucs are not a very good pass defense. I want Tannehill to come out, get Corey Davis and A.J. Brown involved, maybe take a few more shots deeper down the field, and let's put up 30. Zach? I want to see all three phases. So right when our offense is clicking in a game, our defense decides to let you know the Chargers in the first half have 18 minutes time of possession, and it didn't feel like it got much better in the second half. So I'd like to see the defense step up, with hopefully Jayon Brown, he's hopefully back. I hope I'll find out tomorrow. Um, but if he's back, I'd like to see the defense clicking and the offense clicking at the same fucking time. That's all I ask for one. It would be I nice would like to, to see that one a time. Blowout win. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see like what they the Panthers did to the Bucks, where they had Jameis turn it over six. I want to see Jameis benched in this game. That's wow. what I need that's, to see. That, you know what? I like that's that. what I want that's to see the, now. That's the poster material I just material talked myself I into it. There is nothing that would like excite the Titans fan base more than watching Jameis Winston get benched yeah. in Nashville. This I'm, this needs to be the game where Jameis gets benched. I appreciate that. You're going to tweet that out. We're going to get 10 new listeners out of that. <laughs> Please rate and subscribe. Uh, Buck? I, how can I top that? <laughs> really? Seriously, post runs shit up. I mean, it took him forever to fucking land the plane, but it got there. It got there. When he did, he just crushed People all are of clapping. It was, it was a lot of turbulence. Have to make sure I don't kill anybody. What, <laughs> what I need to see is for there to be some form of building upon the success that they have had offensively. I know what the defense I trust the defense. I know what the special teams are. I, for the most part, even though Cody Parkey doinked one, not a double doink, but a doink, I trust Brett Kern do his job and be a legitimate weapon for them. I need to see the offense do what we have not seen it do, and that is build upon success that they have had in back-to-back weeks. It's essential for them to stay alive because they have a very winnable next couple of games need Jayon Brown back if you're going to go up against Christian McCaffrey in a big way. Uh, so to not see him in this game would not totally be the worst thing in the world if they feel like they want to give him some more time. But you have to have to do the one thing that you have not yet done, 
be some form of consistency. Agree. Seriously, I have to see this team build. If they backslide and get kind of a bullshit win or a loss, it's not it's not going to be a good thing. It's not going to be a good thing. I'm worried about Lebowski. Like this has been a tough one. <laughs> like I see, thought he, like, it said is... he said it was going to take him a while to go back to the game, like to yeah. go see a game live. It's are been... you are you a little bit closer to being back in after no. the FOMO from last week? I, I'm not. I mean, no? I, I, there was the fear of missing out for sure because of you know. Big Bad Jeff and all that shit, but I mean, Big Big Bad Jeff's worth. But the I've been price playing this game for 15 years with the Titans, Oof. and I'm very tired of it. Yeah. Very tired of it. I'm right there with you. I'm talking about an asshole who used to paint his face and go to games, and I skipped. No, I skipped my junior year in in high school. I skipped a day of school to go to the parade for the second place team in the Super Bowl. I fully balled in. I didn't miss a home game until like 2009. And in this last few years, I've just, it's not the hate, it's the apathy. That's the bad part. It's what's building up. So when you stop giving a shit, just numb. What, what did I say? Now he just positive, paints his face and goes to the grocery positive, store. <laughs> positive vibes. I'm he getting paints, a little He negative. paints it green for Whole Foods. I'm, dr- yeah. I'm drifting back to the edge. We don't want to go. Uh, this has been football. Another F words. Really appreciate yeah. you all tuning in, listening. That's right. I caught you off guard. You're gonna have to get to it. Figure Your it out. You had one job. <laughs> you weren't allowed to talk. You were just. See, this, were is this is why they don't let me talk. This is why they don't let me talk because then I get distracted. Back on Twitter. You can find us on Spotify, Google, iTunes, podcast. Wrong. Please subscribe. Thought you were podcast. Please point.